Hey everyone, it's Dario from AfterBuzz TV. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but TrueCar is changing car buying forever. Yes, TrueCar helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. You know, last month over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar certified dealer network and TrueCar.com users save an average of 3,046 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. I know I had one. Some features are not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. You know, they save time, they save money, and you never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Teen Wolf After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Teen Wolf okay. After okay. Show. Hello, After Buzzers. We're here doing another After Buzz TV <laughs> after show for MTV's Teen Wolf Season 4, Episode 1, The Dark Moon. Woo! I'm your host this evening, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and joining me, After Buzz TV host June Lee. Hello, hello. I missed you guys. And our guest host this evening, Lee Epstein. Hey, nice to be here. <laughs> and our special guest this evening, mm-hmm. assistant editor on Teen Wolf, please welcome Corey Trench. Glad to be here. Woo! Glad to be back. Yes, glad to be back. Wow. I'm so excited for this season. Corey, what can you tell us how this season's going to be different from past seasons? Well, I think after this first episode, you know right away, it's an adventure. Mm -hmm. We're going on a journey here. We're going to places unknown. Like Mexico. Mm. Like Mexico. I I wore my Aztec shirt. I I was like, this is very Aztec. I'm going to wear this. I didn't get that memo. I wish I did. (laughs) Do you think this is is Aztec? I think so. I think that we could go on an adventure like this. Like, we didn't plan this, but we could definitely team up. Totally on the same wavelength. Yes. yeah, it's yeah, you guys are wearing white. We're wearing yeah, blue. We're, white Good. party, white party. I, I totally planned this ahead of time. <laughs> it looks like it we looks have. It looks like everyone's excited about the show. We have a caller already on the Yay. line. Caller, you're on the line with the Team Wolf After Buzz TV After I Show. I know, I know. I'm a little fast. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yay. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? I'm Josh. I'm from Florida. Josh, what did you think of last night's episode? Mm-hmm. I really liked it, you know. I liked the adventure. I felt like I was, um, you know, I traveled to Mexico for a little bit, got a little tequila, you know, I was all good. <laughs> <laughs> How, 
what did you think of the uh, the Malia and the Kira dance scene? I just have oh, to say that was hot and mm. whoa! I want more of <laughs> that. Little unexpected, right? Little unexpected. Little crush. unexpected for yeah. sure. What did you think, Josh? You know, I you know at first I was like, okay, what is Kira doing here? You know, but it fit with her character. I was like, what's she doing here? And then as she got into it, I was like, okay, okay, I, I like what Malia brings out of Kira, you know? We need to see a little bit more of that. You know, I people were saying in the fandom that they thought it was weird that Malia just knew how to fit in and dance so naturally. But hey, that's nature. That's being part of the wild. Of course she knows how to She's dance. She's an animal. She's On an the animal. Dance floor. I mean, yeah. dance floor, totally. Also, I would like to point out, there. I noticed there was... Both that scene, which I agree was quite beautiful, and also there was a lot of um, there was a lot of everyone dancing together. There were guys dancing with guys, guys dancing oh, yeah. with girls, which yeah. I feel like we shouldn't even have to point out anymore. But I did think exactly. it was cool, like totally. that this Teen Wolf in 2014 is not the Teen Wolf of the 80s. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just like it's a lot. Yeah. It really reflects. That's a really good point. Right yeah. Josh, what was think, your favorite part of the episode? I think they, oh, um, I think my favorite part would have just been, you know, seeing everybody just how the new connections were going to, like, lay out, like, how the landscape was going to be with everybody, like, how was Scott and Kara going to act around each other? How was Lydia going to act around her friend's styles, you know? Was, you know, Allison not being there going to be such a huge, like, deal this first episode? Mm -hmm. But, like, I really felt like they did it in a way where, you know, you weren't really focused on that. You weren't really worried about it. You know, I guess Teen Wolf 2.0, you know, everybody really gelled very well. And I felt like, you know, all the characters really felt like friends and they really felt, you know, even more together than, you know, usual. Right. I feel like experiencing a loss like this definitely brings people together and it helps them turn into adults from that teenage state. Mm -hmm. So we got to see a lot of new characters, their relationships. And Jeff said that this is two months after the finale of 3B after Allison's death and Dark Moon means like the grieving period loss. And you can mm-hmm. kind of see that still reflecting on all of them. Yeah. Um, do you have a quick question for Corey before we let you go, Josh? Um, I guess one of the questions I would ask for Corey is just when it you know comes to like the editing of the episode, um, do you edit certain scenes beforehand? Like I'm, I'm guessing it's not in order, but um, like, just how does that all work? Yeah, you know, so it, that's a that's a really great question. So as the scenes sort of come in, um, yeah, we we do tend to we like to try to edit things in order, but for the most part, like, hey, if there's a big scene that comes through and the director wants to see it, like, okay, how does everything cut together? Mm-hmm. Then we have to cut it, and we have to you know see if there's any pickups that have to be done and whatnot. So yeah, oftentimes we do go out of order and then um, just sort of go from there. But yeah, preferably, you know, once we get all the footage in, it's good to go from beginning to to end, so you get the arc, get an idea of like, okay, where are things going? Like where, what, like how should I cut this scene as opposed to th- this, you know, previous scene, which is a little slower. This scene's a little more faster paced. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it varies a lot. So you just got to be on your toes, especially on this show. Josh, and thank Corey, you. You do, you do a very good job 
with like the guns and the electricity. <laughs> That's you all do, Corey. You, know, you do a really good job with all of that. So well, like props to you, bro. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for that. But also, I uh, just real quick, I wanted to bring up that uh, uh, the editor um, uh, Ed Abrams, AC. He uh, he edited the majority of this episode, and he did a really great job with that. So yeah, uh, props to him as well. He. Uh, he really knows how to work uh, the action scenes and the drama and all that. So he did a really, mm-hmm. really great job on this episode. Josh, thank you so much for calling in. We hope to hear from you in future weeks of yes. Teen Wolf. And, and I could just follow up. Oh, there you go. Sorry, Josh. Um, just on something that Corey thanks, was Josh. starting to say. Thank you, Josh. Um, thanks, Josh. Uh, that Corey was saying that especially on this show, you were talking about some of the challenges or the interesting parts of cutting this show. So could you just maybe expand on that a little more? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, you know... Editing this show as opposed to other shows, um, a lot of the editorial, like, they rely on us for all the sound design, some of the temp visual effects work. So really, when we do our rough cuts, it's like what you see on the show. It's Mm. like what we see on TV. So everything's very much, like, done in editorial, and Jeff leans very heavy on the editors to kind of, like, make his vision come to light. And he collaborates with them a lot. So he's we've been on the show for a while now. He really trusts us. We do a lot of the music editing and all that, too. So when Dino gets, like, a temp track from us, he goes, he's like, okay, now I know what to do with this song here because they want to go for this kind of feel. So really, it's just like the editors are sort of like creative producers in a way, Mm -hmm. but they're in a collaboration with Jeff and the directors, of course. What exactly is a temp track? Oh, a temp track is like it's a temporary track that we put in. So, like, let's say, for example, you know, for this episode, we put in a lot of Avengers soundtrack for the beginning of, of, of the episode yeah because yeah, yeah. we wanted to be epic but in order to do that we we you know just put that stuff in there so Gino had something to follow like oh, okay they want to go for this kind of sweeping emotion and mm-hmm. epic feel hmm. so that kind of like is, is sort of a way for him to figure out like okay this is what I need to write and uh, you know he comes up with his own stuff too obviously cool that's yeah. really interesting I I think Avengers is so fitting because everybody is kind of like a different superhero. Nobody's the same. Malia is a coyote. Mm-hmm. Wolf. Um, That's a great Kira point. Kira is a fox. Like, no one's the same. Everyone is different. And even Kate is not like a regular, what is she, like a jaguar or werewolf? We like, don't We don't know. know. Everyone's <laughs> different and unique. And I just feel like, again, that's an underlying theme about Teen Wolf that I love. This 2014 Teen Wolf is mm-hmm. so different from the 80s Teen Wolf in that way also. It's all about teamwork and unique people coming together mm-hmm. to solve problems. Yeah, you know? definitely. Well, the tagline of this season is can't go back. And everything is as it is. You know, everyone has to move mm-hmm. on. And I heard that they're not bringing back anybody who has died anymore. So mm-hmm. whoever's dead is dead. And it's stripped down. They said it's going to be more comedic, more nostalgic. They're going back to high school. Yeah. It looks like Malia's mm-hmm. going to be on the lacrosse team, mm-hmm. which Jeff talked about with us That's last so season awesome. when he came on. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Mm-hmm. It seems that Derek is missing. So the pack goes to Mexico to look for him. And, of course, our, we're introduced to this episode by our favorites, Lydia and Styles, mm-hmm. And they always seem to be walking into a bad plan. <laughs> and at this point, we had no idea what they were doing. But after we found out, they kind of, like, flashed the card and got in, and it turned out to be a club. I was like, oh, no, if anyone in L.A. <laughs> saw this, it's going to be, like, the next, like, club. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I thought that right. was so cool, though. Well, I l- didn't know what to expect. A little, little behind the scenes, that's actually the supper club that we filmed in. That I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest part, well, I mean, I, yeah. I don't mean to pick, be, be nitpicky, but it was great. Just for two seconds, right behind the bar, they had one of those Los Angeles County health code, a, <laughs> the letter A. And I was like, wow, Mexico is, like, totally coming along with... 
That's amazing. So it's getting funny. everywhere. Those letter A's. I love. I love. I love that. I love that you were watching so carefully that you saw that. That's so cool. It's definitely one of the, it's definitely with one of those shows where like you will see every little detail because you're so into it. You know, you're mm-hmm. like, wow, you're like into this new world that they're in and stuff like that. But yeah, that's cool. I just like that they had the card and that's how they got in. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. that's going to be like, I mean, that would really solve all of our club line problems too. Yeah, just like that. Just, <laughs> you know, if Toss you get invited to a club, like give us crazy looking cards. You know, and no ID flash. too. They didn't no have to I- take oh, your ID yeah, out of true. the thing. No, none yeah. of that. Yeah, just, just a card. forget about it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so they get in, and you know, eventually, Lydia and Styles are taken back to see the um, Mexican pack leader, and her name is Uriah. Is that correct, Corey? Yes, that sounds right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I have to think new, about that for a second. Lots of new characters, <laughs> new ways to say their names. We want to make sure we get those right. And she, they offer up money for Derek, and she's like, "Where did you get this? The Japanese mafia." And I'm kind of wondering too, where did they get this money? Was it from last season, the Japanese mafia? What did you guys think about that? Hmm. Corey obviously <laughs> knows, so can't say. <laughs> well, I mean. That's a lot of money. They're teenagers. That's a lot of money. Like, did they yeah. borrow it maybe from Styles' dad, you know, or from the ba- police barracks? Maybe they stole it. Well, there's no parents to be seen anywhere in this episode. That's so I true. was missing yeah. the yeah. parents. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, maybe yeah. they'll explain that a little more next episode, and Styles will get in trouble from his dad from stealing money from the police yeah. department. I think you that know, would be really funny. They always have, like, you know, drugs and everything they've picked up from the crime scene yes. at the police barracks. That's so probably what it is. It makes sense that he would have, <laughs> you know, snuck in and stole it. So we get this really nice introduction of the new pack this season. Everybody's eyes glowing in the club. And um, Arden's dancing was hysterical. Not cute. Oh, my gosh. She, like, did not know exactly how to dance. But that's why we love her, because she's so awkward. It was, like, very robotic. she's so beautiful. (laughs) It's like, when you see somebody that gorgeous, like, being a dork, it's just so lovable. And she's so focused on the goal at hand. She's not worried about, oh, blending in. Oh, Oh, we're in a club. I completely forgot. You know, and then she busts out those nunchucks. Mm. Awesome. Well, okay. Also referred to as glow chucks in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like glow they glowed. Were those not like glow stick nunchucks? Yeah. It sounds like the whole thing is very kind of club and um, you know, EDM themed, like glow nunchucks. Doesn't that sound like a another club thing? They uh, knew what they were doing with this episode. Oh I, yeah. I love when Teen Wolf goes club scene. I mean, <laughs> it never right. disappoints. New LA club scene is gonna be tarot cars to get us in forget about the IDs and neon nunchucks yeah nunchucks that's gonna gonna be the new thing everyone's gonna have their nunchucks and they're gonna be sounds fun I'd go I'm there (laughs) Um, so after that you know I really liked that Malia is coming from nature and Mm -hmm. it seems like you know Styles is trying to help her integrate later on into the pact because she's not used to being around people but you know I feel like we've come so far um, into like this manufactured society that I feel like there needs to be a middle ground. Perhaps she can teach them more about, you know, na- oh, nature and being in the wild and mm-hmm. her in- natural instincts will kick in. Whereas I feel like society these days has sort of caused a hesitation from us to not use those natural instincts that That's we have. That's a very profound statement. 
<laughs> that is so true. Kristen's very wild. She wild, but it's true. But Corey, you, you know other things that we don't know, don't you? Corey, for those of you who don't know, Corey and I went to college together at Ithaca College. The more you know, the more you know. But so uh, that, it, it's, it's a good point, though. I, I think Malia. I think in that dance scene, I think that's where I kind of saw like, okay, bring out the animal instinct mm-hmm, of like just letting mm-hmm. go, just mm-hmm, like being absolutely. free, not being so self conscious. Mm-hmm. And Kira, so like um, we've kind yeah. of done too much plastic surgery on our landscape. You know, it's like all these metal structures that were tearing down beautiful landscapes to pr- that actually produce poison and kill everything <laughs> that is natural to us that we're feeding off of. It's just like I really hope that we get more of that in mm. this season when I saw that in her and them trying to teach her how to be more like society and fit in I was like no let her be she's doing just fine (laughs) let her run in the wild keep the woods tear down the buildings well like when she wants to kiss styles Mm -hmm. she just does it yeah she doesn't have that that like hesitation that Mm -hmm. society like puts on us and later on we get that moment from um Brayden the mercenary asking Scott you know why didn't you kiss Kira and he's like I don't know like we're not really (laughs) she's not really my girlfriend it's just like I feel like society puts those sort of hesitations what is that about like what's going on with Scott and Kira team of what are you teaching me should I just kiss people (laughs) I no, like, it's not bad when the girl makes the first move. I'm just gonna put that out there. Teen Wolf Wisdom 101. <laughs> um, uh, so, what, what did you guys feel about this entire like club scene and the interaction? Interaction between the mafia, the Mexican mafia, mm-hmm. and the Pact, and the fact that the Pact sort of came in here al- alone, alone, mm-hmm, quote unquote, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they all were sort of there to back each other up. But it didn't. It seemed like they kind of had this confidence together but then ended up biting them in the back because they didn't actually succeed. She didn't actually mm-hmm. know where Derek was mm-hmm. or I didn't and it seems like they for some reason just wa- all walked into this bad plan together but they had the confidence to do it. Well, I mean like in a way it wasn't a complete failure because she helped him she helped them find where he would be which is with Kate. Mm-hmm. And but I think I think what's the more interesting question is like where Uriah, I hope I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. plays a role in Scott's kind of becoming stepping up into like an alpha and like what does she mean by like when you make your first when you make that first bite I really like across the border and she wanted to see what kind of alpha he was and like what does all this mean, you know? Like she was so she was shocking. She was making Kira mm-hmm. shock. Scott into mm-hmm. telling her something he didn't know. <laughs> but she knew that he didn't know. Right. Yeah. But she wanted mm-hmm. to see what would happen. She wanted to see what kind of alpha he, he was. was. And, and what she, do you think that means? Like, what kind of alpha did he show himself to be? I guess is my question. Well, I think she made a good point when she said, in order, your next step mm-hmm. is to bite an innocent in mm-hmm. order to become your trio alpha. But we've liked, up until this point, Scott has not killed anyone. He has always found another way to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. Whenever one of his friends' deaths, their life was on the line, he prevented mm-hmm. that from happening. He never killed anyone, even when having to fight a villain, he did it without killing them. Mm-hmm. So... 
I don't know that that's something we're going to see, although she lays it out on the table that he has to. So because they introduced it to us, I feel like it might accidentally happen this season. Well, I mean, like, it shouldn't say, like, he was going to kill them, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like you don't have... Well, once you get the bite, you obviously die as a human and become a werewolf. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, that's a diff- good point. it's different from, like, really... Harry's, like, looking at me like... I'm just very, this is an interesting take. <laughs> okay, so we're totally off? He has is this that, poker that, face. Are we totally off? I can't really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> to keep the show. Yeah, it's like, I want to this... keep working on the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Well, it, uh, that's a great point, June. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, di- he can bite an innocent, mm-hmm. and they can turn. It's just like... I can't even imagine, and this is why Teen Wolf is so amazing, I can't imagine him taking an innocent and biting them. I mean, it would have to be someone who wanted the bite, and even then, I think he would have a really difficult time doing it. Right. So, um, it seems like there's going to be a lot of girl power this season (laughs) with Malia and Mm -hmm. Kira and Lydia dominating the pack. I like, I like, see, the girls are solving problems here because Malia runs out chasing this monster Mm -hmm. that's out there, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and uh, leaving Styles behind to fix the Jeep. But Mm -hmm. also Kira, you know, is backing her buddy up and coming out to save her. Totally. But also using the light to kind of find, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Right, the way she used her sword to reflect the light. Mm -hmm. You know, ray of light, which um, it's kind of funny. Just post production, we did that in Avid. We like made the little light kind of come out of the oh. sword and stuff. It was kind of neat. We kind of like <laughs> fake that kind of stuff. I was like, gonna ask you. I was like, was that you? Yeah. <laughs> it was a combination of because Ed put the, the effect on, and then I just had to modify it just slightly. But yeah, it it came out pretty well. We saved on VFX budget on that one. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And I'm sure you guys all got bonuses, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting all the behind-the-scenes budget-saving tactics of the, of the yeah. post team. This is how you make an amazing show and yeah. save money. So let's talk about, for a minute, um, Oraya actually took Lydia whenever yeah. she let the rest of the pack go. and Because she, she's wondering, you know, what exactly can Lydia do? Can How close does someone have to be to death in order for her to figure out who's going to die. And we actually see just how crazy of a mafia boss Oraya is as mm-hmm. she will kill her own because this guy, I guess, stole from her. But I was sort of feeling that Oraya might help Lydia, like, I'm learn so her banshee glad powers. you said that because <laughs> I totally had the same vibe. I almost mm-hmm. felt like, okay, is she potentially a banshee? And she's just pretending like she doesn't know anything about banshees. And I really feel like the big hole for me was, okay, what's going to happen with Lydia? She lost her best friend. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have styles anymore. Like, she, like she's really kind of alone. And she has, like, no idea how to control these powers. Like, who's going to go and teach her? And, like, maybe... You're, that's why I think Uriah may not be a bad person. Like, quote-unquote, bad person. I think right. she might wind up becoming more helpful. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed, you know, kind of odd that she would take her aside Mm -hmm. just to see what a band she could do. Like, I feel like she might have more knowledge than she's giving off at the moment. Who knows? But, of course, she just wants to use her if she can use those powers. Because she did say to Scott, once you bite the innocent, I'm going to cross the border and come knocking at your door. So, obviously, she wants to see how she can what these people can do for her, how she can use them for her own selfish needs. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Which maybe not. Maybe she's a good good person. We'll see. Maybe she's not a villain. But so then we get to see a little bit of Styles and Malia interact and Malia saying, you know, if Lydia was hurt, she would leave her behind. And if it was a bad hunting season, she would just eat her. And Styles is like, you know, this is progress for her. This is progress. I love when he kept saying Uh that. Styles teaching Malia how to be human, you know, that sort of thing, which you don't like. It's so, it's so, let her be wild. It's so touching. And I think it's so funny that Styles is the one to do it because he's like such a human character. Yeah, no, I like, I like the the relationships between Scott and Kira because they're, you know, they're both, you know, humans that have become, you know, werewolves. And then with Mm -hmm. Malia, she's been a coyote and now she's a human. And Styles is team human all the way. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see the dynamics between the two. To see, um, yeah, Malia have, this, have the powers. And then mm-hmm. Styles be the human, like, okay, this is, I'm the one who's really the human here because I don't have any powers. And I'm going to help right. you. And now that, that that's brought them closer. And then with Scott and Kira, it's sort of like, they're sort of teaching each other. I mean, Kira's sort of different than Scott in a way. You know, she's got different powers than he does slightly. So it's sort of interesting to see, like, one has power over the electricity, and Scott's more like brute force sort of deal. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 almost as if like, yeah, like we were saying before, like everyone has a unique ability. You know, Styles mm-hmm. is all about deduction, much like Lydia, and then Scott's all about brute force and sticking up for his friends. You know, always being there, being the hero. And then uh, Kira is like the trickster. You know, the one that can mm-hmm. find it, another way out using a little, yeah, just like a little trick. So. Yeah, mm, no, really that's like a that. really great way to look at it. I have to ask before we go any further: Stidia or Stalia? <laughs> I know. Stalia. Is that a Supreme Court justice? <laughs> <laughs> so, so those oh, in the fandom, Stidia. we we ship people. So. Stalidia is Styles and Lydia, who we've been rooting for for a while to get together. Wait, and, wait. Stilidia... and the other one, I got it. Styles and Malia. Oh, Yay! he's learning so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say this is pretty rocket science. And stuff. <laughs> hey, you learned it here. That's true. On AfterBuzz TV. Uh, so, but guys, seriously. Stilia or you know, Stidia? When I first started, <laughs> when I first started working on the show, and this is my own personal opinion, I I did want Styles and Lydia to get together. Mm-hmm. So that uh, so that scene they had in three A where they actually kiss, it was like whoa. Where it would happen to be like a tricks a trick. Uh, well, the, when she, uh, that was the uh, episode where Styles was having a panic attack, mm-hmm. and, oh, then, okay. and then and then Lydia kissed him to calm him down so it's mm-hmm. so, so so it's funny how like this uh, you know uh, malia freaking out and styles getting you know he this guy's getting oh, kissed a lot you know man parallels no, it's, it's really both. funny it's like yeah you're right he's kind of like the opposite maybe it's like uh uh Stalim Lydia Malia. Are you combining? Yes. Are you making a love triangle yes, right I, now? No, not a love triangle, but like. It sounds hey. more like a love rhombus to exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> like, if I recall my ninth grade that, geometry. That sounds all. very fun. Maybe it's like a. <laughs> maybe. Oh, 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 I think that's what they call it these days. It's called a truple. That's what they call it. A th- that sounds like good a, poly- too. a polyamorous yes. unit of yes. like three people. Of three people who are in a relationship. Well, this show is I way feel, more progressive. Than I, that. Feel, I feel like I don't Lydia, think we're going there. I think Lydia would 
game. And like Malia would be game. After I see that scene with Kira, I totally think Malia would be game. And I'm game too. But moving on. So so then we have uh, the Brayden character, the mercenary, come in and she is going to be their guide to where Kate is, keeping Derek apparently. So everyone climbs in the Jeep, and they. this is when we have to talk about Allison, because, you know, Kira knows about her, but Malia doesn't and, and wants to know more, and Kira doesn't know everything. So they start to talk about who Kate is and the fact that she was clawed uh, by Peter, but they're like, can you turn by, you know, being clawed and, and not a bite? And they said, you know, if the claws go deep enough. Mm-hmm. And so the story is that she actually, you know, is responsible for burning down the Hale house. Kate Argent is. And, and the only ones who got out were like Cora and Peter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Kate was a hunter. And so the the Mexican mafia... They actually took Kate, and when they noticed she was turning, when she was healing, they went to, like, the morgue, and they saw that she was actually turning. And so they kidnapped her, and as a hunter, the codes are that you must kill yourself if you're bitten. Like, we saw mm-hmm. um, Edie Mays, who played Allison's mother, mm-hmm. Victoria Argent, on the mm-hmm. show. She yep. killed herself because she's of the hunter's family, and that's just code. And the Calaveras Mexican Mafia family, they enforce these strict codes. And when they Kate decided not to do it, she was a little bit of a trickster spirit here, pretended like she had done it, and when they came in to get her, she had killed them all and escaped. And Malia's like, rightfully so, so would I. <laughs> I love Malia. <laughs> Malia, I think, is becoming my favorite character. <laughs> She's just like that honest voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Not unlike her father, Peter. So do you guys mm. think she's going to kind of become that, you know, narcissistic, powerful, uh, one out for, you know, her own, like her father, Peter? Peter. Peter. <laughs> or do you guys think she'll find, like, loyalties in the pack? And I think she'll find loyalties in the pack. Definitely with styles anyway. Yeah. We get her in the she, Jeep saying, yeah. I'll leave them behind, but I won't leave like, you. Never which, you. Which was really actually romantic. So sweet. And it was so sweet. It's something like people don't just blurt out, which is too bad if you ask me. I'm all about those natural instincts. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag natural instincts. No inhibitions, no boundaries. (laughs) On After Buzz TV. (laughs) Exactly. But there is something to that, by the way. I mean, we're making fun, but like... Like, you were kind of talking about how our society and, like, the building up and and getting away from nature and, like, so much of, like, the advice I've been given and stuff that seems to be helpful is being able to trust your gut and go with your instinct Mm -hmm. and be a little less inhibited and, like... um, like, one of the things that I've gotten to experience is, like, summer camp, you know? And, like, what's so cool about summer camp is, like, um, or maybe in your, like, circus experience we've talked about a little bit. But, like, you know, getting out of the cities and getting away from buildings, like, so many kids don't... um, don't get to play and be out and be, and so maybe we don't right. develop our like romantic instincts in the same way that we would have you know in our years ago years ago day. yeah I when mean, we were in the Aztec culture and more like <laughs> natural you know natural tribes before there was all like the manufactured society mm-hmm. that there is today I absolutely agree with that I absolutely agree that you know that's the loss of culture the loss mm-hmm. of natural instincts so much and I hope that, you know, Malia can kind of bring them to a middle ground and teach them and kind of bring those 
wild instincts in to help solve problems. Well, if I if I may add on to that, I feel Please. like it's not so much that we don't we're, we're not in the right kind of environment, but I kind of feel like, well, I guess this is the wrong kind of environment. Like we're going so fast. Like if we break mm-hmm. up, like get over it. Move on. Find mm. the next one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And whereas before it was like we really had like one, maybe two, you know, great loves and like everything was so much slower and you know we like we didn't have we didn't feel this pressure to like get over it you know because like work it out you'd work through it yeah exactly because i feel like people feel it people feel these same emotions but they kind of just get thrown under the rug they turn them off yeah yeah can't can't go back (laughs) can't go back it all comes back to that (laughs) no this is all interesting because like i feel like them going to mexico i think they they do a lot does get revealed in their character. Like, mm-hmm. just for example, like, um, you know, Malia and Kira dancing in the club. I'm sure, like, Kira's probably never been in that situation before in a club. And maybe this was a way for her to open up. And then, With a girl. With a girl. And then Scott <laughs> and then Scott realizing that, oh, like, had he, had he not had that interaction where he had to leave Kira so abruptly and then not go in for the kiss. And then Brayden asking that question, well, why didn't you kiss her? Again, now he's being brought. To, oh, why didn't I kiss her? Like, why mm-hmm. didn't I go for it? Why didn't I trust my instincts? I was thinking so much in my head. So I feel like in this episode, um, them going to a different location reveals a lot of their character. Maybe they're learning a lot just Absolutely. about themselves and, and their relationships between each other. That's yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's important to escape your environment totally. and, and learn about yourself. Yeah. And these are one of, the, one of the things that I can say as kind of a newcomer to Teen Wolf mm-hmm. is that I like how it's like so... You know, in certain ways, it's so unrealistic. Let's say, you know, it's like you have to suspend disbelief. But yet, in other ways, it's so yes. it's so human, and mm-hmm. it's so like speaks to us. And like, there's things to learn, and mm-hmm. there's like like all the things you're talking about. It really does comment and teach in in the where you would kind of least expect it. So yeah. that's something it, I've noticed. It creates a social dialogue. It's, it's so it's a teen show about werewolves, but so it, it really you know it is a platform for social dialogue. We talk about that all the time here. Yeah, and I guess I mean from my perspective, as I mean I am newer, but um, you know it kind of allows that because we're not totally looking in the mirror. In the mirror, we have like a little distance by like yes. they're not totally exactly mm-hmm. like us, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so. that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, I completely agree. So we heard that you know Kate killed a half a dozen people to get out. They were talking about how when you get the bite, you kind of turn into a reflection of who you were. Mm-hmm. You don't always become a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So we don't know right now what she is, but her eyes do shine green. So what do we think? What kind of monster is she? And why is she blue? She's Was she blue at one yeah. point? Like like in a teaser or something like that. Like they show her as being blue oh. with these fangs. And Did you forget to correct that color, Corey? <laughs> 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 Maybe it's a cat. We weren't saying that we don't have cats in this. Yeah, I like I tweeted out where cats, and I was just when I was taking notes, I was like where cats all over my notes. I think that might be right. (laughs) I really, I think that might be right. I think I'm gonna say where cat, which is actually probably translated into the where jaguars that they were talking about once they got to the Aztec Mm -hmm. uh, tomb. Uh, Which moving forward. Um, so the Jeep did hit something, and, you know, Scott decides to take off with Brayden and leave the pack to fix the Jeep. 
and it turns out there was a claw, a huge claw stuck in the tire. Oh, so is that what it was? It it was like some kind of huge fossil bone that looked oh. like a big claw from an animal that I don't want to come across. I thought it was a was dagger. Mm. I thought it was a dagger. It kind of reminded me of like the have you you know the movie mummies? They have like those <laughs> people who ride around yes. on horses and I was like I thought it was like one of those kind of <laughs> people. <laughs> it could be. Perhaps we should take a trip to the La Brea Tar Pits and do some research. <laughs> we should. We definitely will we'll do that after this. Um, so then, you know, they, Malia does go off, like Corey was mentioning, um, after this fast creature who actually gets a little claw jab at her, mm-hmm. you know, and hurts her. And then they eventually fix the jeep and they and styles had that great line where he was like i won't leave this jeep that's one thing i won't abandon which is awesome (laughs) and i didn't know he was so uh, a little mechanic he has so many traits we don't know but Mm -hmm. he somehow fixed his jeep when it was a claw on the tire i don't know (laughs) i didn't see changing of tires i saw him like whipping stuff out of the i think it it was like under like like somewhere like in like the engine part or something was it a tire well what's funny is he was kind of messing around with the engine Emily is like, uh, you can stop doing that. It's this claw. Oh, well, it's not you like, you know, that? where you're stuck where they were stuck. It's not like, oh, let's just call AAA. I don't think that's really, like, an option. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, he did have to fix it, but I didn't see the changing of tire. It was like he was kind of messing around under the hood, like, what happened? But Malia's natural instincts. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag natural instincts. <laughs> solved the issue, and she pulled out the claw. Um, so then we, the, uh, Brayden takes us to La Iglesia and La Iglesia, yeah. La Iglesia. And yeah. I'm like, where did you guys shoot this? I'm like, did you really have the budget to go to Mexico? And then I watched that sort of clip with Rusty Smith yep. on, on, uh, MTV.com. My man, Rusty. He's great. I love him. Production designer. He's on been on here. Yeah. He's supposed to come back. He said there's a place called Blue Cloud Ranch. And Iron Man actually filmed there and built these ruins that they created. And so you guys, can you talk about that a little bit, Corey? Yeah. So what's interesting is it's sort of a combo of, of what that was and CGI because when they're overlooking that town, mm-hmm. like, but I mean, that was green screen. There was mm-hmm. no actual – the church wasn't there. Wow. Nothing was there. Wow. That was all CGI. So that – That's amazing. Cred goes to our uh, – a VFX house, Muse VFX, they did all that. Mm-hmm. They did all that. But you, Rusty obviously made the production design, mm-hmm. what the church was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. All the interior, like when they're in that interior, when they actually go inside and they, you know, it's like huge hallway and stuff like that, that's all them. VFX, Muse did all that. Wow, that's so, awesome. So, so apparently an earthquake leveled the town and yeah. the church was still standing, they think, because it was built on an Aztec temple ruins. And it was the Noir shapeshifters that were called the ja- the Ware Jaguars. The New Wall, I think. Yeah. The New Wall. Yeah. And um, so that we got a little bit of history about what this is and why this church is still standing. And... Then they they go ahead in Brayden and Scott. And what was funny was she was like, when they were starting to hear someone, she was like, get behind me. And I he's know. like, oh, no, get I'm behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was about time. I was like, don't that you get behind so her, Scott. <laughs> well, we also found out where her loyalties lie because she was like, I would kill you if I was paid enough. And Scott's like. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he liked hearing that. He's like, but we're friends. <laughs> I know. Oh my 
<laughs> we went to this place together. <laughs> I think Tyler Posey just as an actor. I just feel like as a human being, yes. he's just a sweet, nice. He's a good human. guy. Yeah. He's really nice. Yeah, I was watching Wolf Watch with my friend afterwards, and like he was like dancing, like really <laughs> quirkily, like yeah. and he was just so cute. Yeah, he is supposed to join us this season, so mm. we'll see. We'd love wow. him to have him on here. That would be awesome. Uh, so then we get there to the, we start seeing, you know, it's dark, so we don't know. We have lots of sounds, and it seems like we're in an adventure sort of Indiana Jones yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Scott does that alpha roar. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, if this is actually like an Aztec temple, like you might be awakening some sort of curse mm-hmm. because everything kind of shakes and he definitely scared off the weird cat, the weird jaguars or whatever. It looked really skeletal to me. Didn't yes. It? Yes, it did. So maybe those are the protectors of this church. We don't mm-hmm. know yet. But, you know, when he does do that roar, he kind of, you know, shakes away part of the temple. And we've got this tomb that's revealed. And it was apparently the were-jaguar, the god of the were-jaguars. It was his tomb. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Scott kind of breaks in. And finally we find Derek. And he's itty-bitty Derek. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, what? What? Because we did see him as his actual self Mm -hmm. for like a second Mm -hmm. in this episode. Mm -hmm. And then baby Derek appears. And I'm just like, (laughs) wait a minute. Like, is there a way since, you know, we've got him back to where he's younger is there, are we time traveling? Is Mm -hmm. there a way that Kate's going to use him to sort of manipulate what he has done or hasn't done? Or is he just, is this like a curse from being in this, you know, where Jaguar's tomb, which I'm sure there's, you know, ancient mythology there and curses and whatnot. Is this just, does this change anything is what mm-hmm. I'm asking you. Well, in the sneak peeper, so the next episode, they were talking about how, you know, she's doing that so that he forgets about her kind of like killing his family and then manipulating him. Like, because like now he's not aware of that's like before he turned. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know what her end goal is. I don't know what her end game would be. Right. I don't. I know they did. She did say something about wanting Derek to trust her because you know obviously I, he doesn't as an adult because he knows that she's responsible for burning down his family's house. But at this point, as you know, a younger Derek, he doesn't have those member memories of being an adult yet mm-hmm. where he knows not to trust her. So is she perhaps building her own pack here? That's what I was thinking, maybe. Right, and mm-hmm. even if Styles and Scott find a way to break this curse and get him to, you know, grow up again, <laughs> we'll say, um, there's obviously going to be effects. So is he not going to have those memories at all? And mm-hmm. when it comes to making decisions, the only way we can make decisions as adult is having those past experiences that we've learned from the lessons, right. the trials and errors that we've experienced our entire life. So Derek's not going to have that, not going to know that he shouldn't trust Kate. So he's basically going to still be that teenage boy making decisions as an adult, even he, if they break this He's curse. Derek pre-stubble. So <laughs> there's a lot... That's, he's, he's not going to know, like, what? 
<laughs> he's going to need Styles to teach him the ways of being a man. I would love to Corey see that. Corey was actually clean shaven when he came here. I, yes, that's what Teen Wolf does to you. You yeah. literally become a wolf as you work. You start to grow chops. That's not what being an editor does to you. <laughs> well, that too. That yeah, too. Yeah, do. Um, Mariana O on the chat says that they took her age-appropriate crush and made him not age-appropriate. <laughs> so she's really upset that she's now crushing on this, like, young Derek. <laughs> that is so funny. So it seems like, you know, each episode of Team Wolf, they sort of have this mission that they solve as a pack, and then they're introduced a new problem. And the new problem now is Derek's much younger, and how mm-hmm. are they going to break this curse or figure out, you know, what's going on? Kate's obviously going to be an issue uh, going really? forward. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, do you guys think that they've awakened some sort of Aztec curse? Because you know how, like, Temple of Doom and all those kind of places work. Like, you, if you go into those sort of temples that are from years ago, you know, and the fact that it wasn't affected by the earthquake, like, there could be some sort of curse there that they've awakened. What do you guys think? Mm, Yeah, I mean, like, that's definitely a possibility. But, hmm. Like an extra curse on top of Derek being a little? <laughs> yes, I do. I do think so because we do get that other sneak peek of like these other monsters. And Jeff said, you know, on the uh, other shows on MTV.com oh. that the uh, Berserkers. Yes. There's another villain called the Berserkers. Is that, and he said that, that they're they con- Berserkers? Berserkers. Berserkers, yeah. And that they're actually controlled by you. So what I'm thinking, what I kind of put together is, you know, since they maybe broke this curse, it released the berserkers from the Aztec temple. And this is all just, you know, prediction sort of. Um, and, and how I'm making sense of what we saw in the show. But, you know, it's controlled by you. So that's sort of how curses normally work from my experience. I will say, as someone who's not normally one to, like, believe in curses, let's say mm-hmm. in my regular life, like, having visited places like Petra in Jordan, um, or places in Israel or Egypt I visited, like, where, you know, at Petra, they actually shot some of the um, Indiana Jones stuff. Mm. And, like, when you go to a place like that, you do feel, I mean, I at least, <laughs> feel, you, like, you feel a little bit more in touch with, like, the ghosts of the past. Like, mm. like in this studio, like, I could I could kind of maybe imagine that. But, like, when you're in a place that's that old and that, like, there's something spooky about it. Like, there mm. is something that mm-hmm. even, like, people who are not into curses and not into ghosts, you can just feel it more in a place that's that, like, amazing and, you know, and old. And there's, like, history and there's... There's I don't culture. Know, I felt that, like, in, yeah. in those places that I mentioned. So... Mm-hmm. It sounds like it makes sense to me. There's so many things that this group has can be haunted by, like so many different things. You know, like they just I just feel like they have so much like kind of like on the back burner. Like mm-hmm. maybe Allison comes back and like tortures them. Oh, I don't know. They don't they know. said they're not bringing back anybody else. But no, like not not like as a resurrection, but maybe like as a dream or something mm, as you a know? curse or as something. As a curse or something like that. I don't know. Could be. Well, before we get into our interview with Corey, we want to mention Maria Menounos' book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. I read this. <laughs> it's it's really good. You know, yeah. Maria was at 1.40 pounds overweight before she was a host. Oh. And, you I know, did not know that. Being on TV, you have to figure out a way to balance your diet and exercise. And 
all the tips that she learned that help her be successful in the industry in this book you know and even if you don't want to be on tv or in the industry it's great tips great recipes that would help anybody who i mean everybody struggles with it right i don't care mm-hmm. who you are i don't care how fast your metabolism is we all struggle with it it's a daily conscious decision every decision you you make putting what foods in your body it all mm-hmm. goes into what you look like so pick up this book I love her her other book, The Everyday Girl's Guide to Life. That helped me a lot, and <laughs> I started reading this, and I'm just, like, fascinated, and I think I am also going to be a little bit more trim after reading her wise uh, tips. So pick it up. It's on Amazon right now, guys. Corey, and I, we, we, Corey we should have a, um, like, a workout group, you and I. Yeah. We're going to start doing this. And, and start and with every the girl, And every girl's... Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you can invite every girl to the workout. All I want to know is, if I get my belly button pierced with that thing and um and eat an apple and carry a purse, can I get those abs? Because that would be amazing. I think that's all the is tips. That, is that, that's all that's in this book, you right? Got, that's you got to read I mean, the book. She could be easy. on Team Wolf. I mean, they've got great abs. I mean, look that's at those. That's true. Speaking of abs, that's I'm sorry. True. Can I, like, there's just... Real people, quick, real quick. People are like dying to see Styles shirtless, and he went on record saying that he's never going to take his shirt off for a Teen Wolf. Wow! I'm also, I'm also going on record. I'm going on record right now. I'm also not taking my shirt off <laughs> for the Teen Wolf Afterbus show. It's very brave. No, <laughs> but like seriously, Corey, what is you. up with that? Can well, try to try to talk, try to change that. Okay, well right, we've I'll, got to, we've got to get into our interview with Corey. We've only got about five minutes left. Um, so Corey, I want to know what specifically from your childhood contributed to you choosing as an adult to be an editor. Do you think? Well, you know, it was a combination of many, many things. But I think the main thing was when I was a kid, you know, I I loved telling stories. Like, I would Mm. just tell stories Mm -hmm. to my parents and they would listen and, like, you know, just be complete nonsense. But I just loved to talk about (laughs) these little stories that were in my head. So what really got me more interested in images is I made little comic books. And I would, like, draw on my own. Like, I didn't know how to do it, but I would just, like, you know, I'd draw corners and I would just like you know draw characters and they would do this you know in this sequential order and I would sell them to my parents for like a dollar oh my god that's amazing it was like entrepreneurial of you you know it was just kind of a funny thing I was just like oh I can sell my work and make money off of it but, wow. but that's a very uh, important thing. Yeah. part of it. Yeah, you learned yeah. earlier than most artists that you can actually like make a living doing your art. But what transitioned yeah. that to like the moving image and to editorial was um, I went to high school where we had a, a broadcast journalism class, and mm-hmm. you know we had iMovie there, and everyone would edit their little things on iMovie, and that was, those would play in the morning announcements. We had like TV set up in every room, and was our morning high school. Yeah, it was it was Whoa. really great, yeah. uh, Faithful Manly's High School, and uh, so yeah, I was like really into the editing part. That was like my favorite part. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the shooting. I just wanted to start editing right away. And then we had Final Cut there that nobody touched. Everyone's like, this is way too advanced. (laughs) You know, when you come out here, everyone knows Final Cut. But at my high school, it was like, no, this is too advanced. And I, you know, made it my mission to learn it. I learned it on my own. I took the manual out, learned the entire thing. Wow. Self-starter. Yeah, I was just a huge nerd when it came to that kind of stuff. So, (laughs) But then I started making my own films out of that. And then I found my way out here in Los Angeles. So. That's awesome. I, that's a great story. That's so inspirational. I want to ask, <laughs> what's cool. one of your best memories from the editor's dungeon on Teen Wolf? I know oh. you guys were, have to work in the dark. Well, uh, my favorite, actually one of my favorites was um, when I got my first act to cut. 
which was actually this uh, show. Oh, I got to cut oh. cut Act Three. The celebration for you. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was like it was really cool. Ed, you know, gave me the opportunity mm-hmm. to do it, and uh, it was really great just to like do the notes from the director and the producers. Like, this is the real deal, and like you're really getting good feedback, and you're like moving it along. And uh, yeah, that was like a really great joy to go from rough to fine to lock. You know, just wow. like the whole process. You know, and just mm-hmm. hearing like all the little details and like when everything's said and done, it's like wow, like that's something I worked on. You know, it's kind of cool to see it on TV. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I want to ask, you know, I know so much of your life is werewolves and mm. weird cats and jaguars <laughs> and all that. Yeah. But what other projects are you working on aside from Teen Wolves? So I, I just put out a documentary, a short documentary called A Fortunate Son. It's a film my father and I made together. And it's about my dad. Uh, my dad had lost his father when he was 15 years old to a lightning strike oh my God. In, a, in a barn. Wow. Um, so and, and this was the day we landed on the moon, July 20th. 1969. Wow. So all these like crazy oh, things. Oh my god! And we never really talked about it so much when I was a kid. I had a step grandfather that I thought was my actual grandfather. But anyway, the whole film is about us kind of bonding and um, you know helping my dad find closure from that situation because mm-hmm. we went back and you know just helping him you know uh, just sort of find that that last chapter of that story and then making yeah. a film together, which was something he always wanted to do with me. Aww. So anyway, that that's up online right now, and I'm putting it out to so film cool. festivals. Um, so cool. Where can we find it? Yeah, yeah we can find it on um, my website, cinetree.com. That's uh, C-I-N-E films.com. And uh, it's right there on the front page. Um, you're wearing the shirt, right? I'm wearing, I'm wearing oh. the shirt. Oh, oh yeah. Perfect. It's all, it's all there. that. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll tweet it out. Yeah? yeah. Yes, definitely tweet us the links. We can tweet it out and everybody Absolutely. can go there and check it out. Corey, thank you so much for joining you for us and me. all the tidbits thank of information you, you gave Absolutely. us about the episode that we wouldn't have known without you joining us. <laughs> Let's go ahead and roll into predictions. Okay. So, real now, quick. You're after Buzz TV. <laughs> So for the rest of the season, what do you think, June? I know we get Lydia's backstory, she said, and there's going to be a lake house, lots of new sets this season to look forward to, and Derek's going to face a lot of challenges, was what we've been told. Do you have mm-hmm. any uh, other predictions for the season? Um, well, like, realistic predictions or things that I would like to see? Like I said, I think it'd be <laughs> awesome to have... Um, this guy take his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> she predicts that he will take his shirt but off, despite that he said he to. won't do it. <laughs> Let's let's hope. Um, no, Styles, Lydia, and Malia. Maybe there's something there. And um, I think I think Kate is going to be a were cat. Mm-hmm. So were jaguar. And like wa- wa- like somehow manipulate Derek to fall in love with her. That could very well happen. I, I think that's a good one. I and feel like she's always had a crush on him. Right. And we did see um, <laughs> Scott and Kira kiss in the little preview. So it looks like they get together. I'm pretty sure Malia and Styles are a couple this season. And I cannot wait for that couple. Uh, Is that Smalia? It's Stolia. 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 You're getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, right. Day day by day. Day by day. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this evening. You can find me at Cinematic Escape on Twitter or check out my blog, CinematicEscape.com. Where can we find you, Lee? You can find me on Twitter at Lee M. Epstein. uh, On Twitter, Lee M. Epstein. On Twitter. All right. Where can we? Instagram. Oh. Where can we find you, June? Miss June Lee with an underscore. 
And Corey, where can we follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Corey Trench, C U R E Y T R E N C H. Awesome. Thank you again, Corey, so for joining us. And guys, come back next week. We'll have another special guest. Looking forward to it. Thanks. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 